Maya Quinones with Generation Justice. I am joined tonight by Pilar and Frank Cleto. Welcome to Generation Justice. Thank you. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourselves? Well, I am. Uh, I wear a lot of different hats, I guess. Uh, during the day, I'm a music teacher and a steel band instructor and Montessori teacher. Um, I also write music for children and compose music for my band, Pandemonium. And with my wife, we put on not only children's concerts, but also our annual carnival concert, which utilizes both dance and music. So keeps me busy. Um, I'm Filipina, born and raised in San Francisco. First generation, as they say, my parents were born in the Philippines. And um, I grew up um, in the city, inner city, and proudly so. And uh, was actually very political in my very, very young ages, in, in my early teens, very, very political. Um, before recognizing that I was Filipino, I was working with the the late Cesar Chavez, you know, so I got to meet him and go to meetings with him. I'm that old. (laughs) (laughs) It was really wonderful. And then um, really began the plight of working for uh, local Filipinos um, against martial law because Marcos was in power at that time. So I was very, very political at a young age, then fell into the music scene. Jazz music scene helped create this incredible loft jazz uh, underground kind of loft scene there, still at a young age. And uh, all of a sudden, salsa and samba hit um, from New York to the Bay Area, and it was hot as could be, and that was it. I didn't want to do anything else, forget everything else, and that's where I met Frank, in a Brazilian music and dance group. Thank you. And this question is for Frank. Um, How did you first become interested in teaching music? First of all, I didn't have... I was an okay student, but I didn't really like school. I never wanted to be a teacher. That was like one of the last things on my mind. And I had quite a bit of success as a musician. And I decided to go to college and study music, but I was a different kind of musician than the people that were in college because they were all classical musicians. And I was already playing blues and jazz and rock and different kinds of music. So it was at that time while I was in college that I went for a job interview at a Montessori school. I never heard of Montessori before. And they were looking for somebody to sing songs with kids. And I knew I liked little kids. And these were little toddlers and stuff. So I just went to this school. And when I went there, uh, the woman brought some children in and I had to sing some songs with them. I wasn't even prepared. I think I just sang ABC and Five Little Monkeys or something like that. And she hired me. And this was a Montessori school. So uh, she hired me as an assistant. So while I worked at that school, I did everything. I mean, I mopped floors, I cleaned toilets, I shoveled snow. I mean, I literally did everything at that school. And then after school, I tried to leave and she'd say, 
oh, let me show you how to do the binomial cube. And so she taught me all the materials. And then after about six months, she gave me a scholarship to take the Montessori training. So when I took the Montessori training, I was already pretty disillusioned with trying to be a musician and studying music at the college that I was at. So by taking the Montessori training, everything that they said as they were teaching me to be a Montessori teacher, I was thinking, how can I use this to pass on music to children? And then that's when I realized, hey, this could be maybe my calling, something that, you know, I could be good at because I like children. And she thought I was a natural, very calm and loving and supportive with children. So just hearing her approach, Maria Montessori, she was, she's my real mentor. I really model myself after how you're supposed to act in a Montessori classroom and the role model that you're supposed to be for the children. And so that's how I got involved in teaching. <laughs> long, long answer. So going back to Pilad, um, how did you become interested in, in music and, and in dance um, mm. and in teaching it? Uh, very young influence. Uh, at the age of six, uh, my uncle from the Philippines came by and decided to show um, all of the youth in, involved with the Filipino group, which my parents were involved with, how to dance. And so he put a little group together and that really hooked me into performing and dancing, um, my native dances. And later in high school, that was my first organized dance class. And it was kind of surprising because it's late in life for that. Um, but it was modern dance and I didn't really like modern dance. It didn't move me and groove me. Um, as I mentioned, I got involved with jazz music and that was in San Francisco, influenced by friends. And then as I mentioned, the salsa samba scene came by and really took hold of me. Um, when I met Frank in the Brazilian music dance group, we started dating and I thought I would never leave the Bay Area and Frank said that he would travel to Hawaii and I said I'm going with you because he's just an amazing person. And in Hawaii we were kind of really isolated from the other influences of, of everything that we loved. So to keep it alive in us, uh, Frank was always a musician. To keep it alive in me, I started teaching dance <clears throat> and, and, keep, and immersed myself in doing that. And I really, I was really t a terrible dance instructor and I learned to be a really good one. You know, I've learned to make it work for me. Yeah. Thank you. And you, you mentioned that you really became an, an awesome teacher. Um, and I think my little sister and my mom can testify to that because, you know, <laughs> I see my little sister practicing samba in front of the mirror and <laughs> she just she loves your classes. So um, so thank you for for being a teacher. And Frank mentioned earlier um, the carnival celebration that is coming up. Um, would you guys like to talk about that? Carnival is like an incredible time of the year and unless you really have experienced it you don't really know what it's about so be before I went to San Francisco I had lived in the Virgin Islands and where I worked at the Virgin Islands Montessori School and they had carnival there 
where they play calypso music just like they do in Trinidad and Tobago with a lot of steel bands. And so the school that I worked at, we would participate in the carnival parade. So we would, the night before, all the parents would stay up and we'd build this float. And next thing you know, we'd be, it's the morning and we have to take the children's parade to on the street. So people stay up all night just to build the float because it takes that long. You don't have the use of the flatbed until 5 o'clock when he's done with it. So, And then it would be like a long day on playing on the flatbed of a truck. We'd be playing music, and there'd be people on the side screaming for, for you and cheering for you. And at night, you'd go hear the Calypso band. So, I mean, I really got carnival fever while I was in the Virgin Islands. So I'd never been to Carnival in Brazil, but when I went to San Francisco, I performed with the Brazilian dance company. And that's when we were getting ready for to celebrate Carnival in San Francisco with this Brazilian troupe. So instead of playing Calypso, like I used to do in the Virgin Islands, we were playing Samba. So <clears throat> because that's how Pilar and I met, every year we've celebrated Carnival by putting on some kind of show and depending on where I've played and I mean that's 30 plus years of putting on shows and the shows keep getting bigger and better and more creative. I think that that's the best part of it is it's sort of a venue for us. It's an outlet for us to be creative. Um, I think we are very unique in that well, one, our carnival show does something that no other artists do, which is we show carnival in Cuba and we show carnival in Brazil and in New Orleans and also in Trinidad and Tobago. So the musicians have to be pretty diversified and be able to play all these different kinds of music. And I think the other thing about Pilar and I, even in these 30 plus years, is that, you know, I'm a musician, she's a dancer. That's how things support each other. Um, she's my inspiration for when I'm playing drums, just as when I'm playing drums, I'm inspiring her. So we've had a lifetime together of inspiring each other and lifting each other and supporting each other in the arts. So Pilar, what is, um, what is the history of Carnival? Frank and I moved here about hmm, over 20 years ago. And as Frank had mentioned, we were doing Carnaval and started working actually here at UNM. They were having a huge Brazilian event where they brought in Milton Nascimento, and we were so excited to be asked to be on the same bill as Milton Nascimento and several other guests. And that really helped get our community here in Albuquerque jazzed about carnival. It, it appeared that they hadn't had a carnival here. I don't believe so, but not in the way that we brought it. So that's how it started for us here. We then brought it to different community events years after. Um, there was a place called Siegel Street that was jumping. It was Jim Schumacher's place, and it was the place to be when we first moved here. And that community really embraced Carnaval. So every single year, 
we brought it here and it grew and it grew and it grew and we found that we're not the only people that love Brazilian music and that love carnival time. It's really cool to hear that you guys are, you know, meeting at a carnival celebration and then, you know, all of that love that happened there and then you guys bringing that same love back to our community is really amazing and I think part of the reason that the show has been so successful is because of that because um, everyone can see you know the love that that exists between you two but then the love that you give back to the community and give back to us is um, that's something that we really enjoy that's why I love being there that's why my family loves being there so thank um, you <laughs> thank you guys Going back to a little bit of like the history of Carnival in general, what is what is the difference between you know different areas of where it's celebrated? You know, you mentioned Cuba, um, you mentioned um, New Orleans. Um, what is the difference like in you know? Well, Carnival, location? the word Carnival means without meat because it's supposed to happen right before Lent. Carnival used to be more of kind of a harvest celebration kind of an African approach when they had a celebration the whole village would play drums and people would dance and sing and celebrate for a good harvest. So in the New World, even as slaves they were allowed to celebrate and play drums only at this time that the Catholic Church said kind of pre-Lent. So during Lent people have to meditate and have to give up certain things you're not supposed to you know smoke or drink or use bad language you're supposed to pray you're not supposed to eat meat uh it's a it's a time for cleansing so carnival happens right before people have to give all those things up so people ended up using it as a way to sort of get it out of their system if they know they're not going to be able to eat meat for almost a month they eat a lot of meat during carnival or if they know they can't dance or they can't play music they do it during carnival so that's where the word comes from carnival without meat um, so all of these places celebrate carnival I think the greatest underlying theme about carnival and what most people take to heart with carnival is that it's a celebration of life it's a time in your life where you don't look at all the negative things or worry about bills or anything else. It's a time where you reflect on the positive, wonderful things that you have in your life that should give you reason to go out and sing and dance and play and have a good time. That's the theme of Carnival, is to not be a downer, don't be depressed, to go out there and just have fun and celebrate life. Life is a beautiful thing. And, you know, in a few days you could worry about your bills later. But during Carnival, nobody worries about that. So what kinds of uh, dancers and musicians can we expect in, in watching the show Carnival? Are they local musicians? Are they um, local dancers? Where do they come from? Almost everyone is local. There is one person um, in the group that we brought in from Las Vegas. Every other person, there's going to be 35 people sharing this stage. Everyone else is local. I think the best part of Carnival for us is that, and you mentioned this, uh, is 
community. We do this for the community, but we can't do it without the community. And we can't do it without the support of the musicians and the dancers and all these people that are giving up their time. Also, we have quite a few sponsors this year that are donating money and food. And, you know, we're blessed because people get behind our cause. Our cause is to spread culture and to spread knowledge and educate people about carnival and other places and different styles of music and costumes and to do it in a fun way. So all these things are very important. The community, the support of the band, support of the people. This is what Carnival is really about. Yeah. Um, I think the music part of it is something that kind of really connects to me because it's it's something that I grew up with and I think you guys don't really may not realize that your music has been a part of my life um you know for for a while and it's and it's kind of I think it's like that for me but I think it's also like that for a lot of other people in the community um just kids in the community we've grown up hearing your music and then now that we're old enough to you know put a name to a face it's like um and then we see you on stage and um it's kind of a whole different um perspective and it's a whole you know it's a whole other experience for us and so that's something Thank that's you. that's also really um important for the community also why should we come out and spend our valentine's day with you guys well i think it's going to be a good time for everybody that's there uh this is this band only plays like a couple times a year uh we only play this i don't perform that often so uh it's a great experience to get the band on stage with the dancers and the costumes and the lights it's like we're able to take this to the next level and we we can't do that playing in clubs on central and even just playing you know concerts at the museum or things like that we need a theater we've developed a show to the point where I think this show could go to any stage anywhere in the world with the same people, the same musicians, and knock the audience off their feet. Because we have a lot of talented people here in Albuquerque, and to put all those talented people up on one stage for two nights is a special event that nobody should miss in this town. Thank you. Um, is there anything else you guys would like to add, Vilad? Well, speaking of Valentine's Day um, and our carnival, if you're stuck here in Albuquerque and you can't go on a cruise <laughs> to any of these places, what better place to go <laughs> is to carnival on the 13th and the 14th. Um, also, on the 14th, at the National Hispanic Cultural Center, Latin Dance Festival Love Fest is happening at the ballroom. So after our show, ticket holders can go to their event just in another building and get $5 off. So guess where we're going for our cast party? We're going to go to Love Fest. So that's going to be so much fun, and I can hardly wait. Thank you. Um, again, Carnival is on February 13th and 14th at 7.30 p.m., um, and tickets are on sale now. Thank you, Frank and Pilar, for speaking with us. You're welcome. Thank you, Maya.
whoa, how have I not heard of Carnival yet? That sounds exactly like my kind of atmosphere. Like the, I love that it's revolves around just having fun, like just having fun in the moment, and you can worry about the bills tomorrow. Celebrate life today, live your life, just have fun, love life, live life with your friends and family, and worry about your bills tomorrow. I love that. I totally agree with you, Derek. That's the when Frank and Pilar were both talking about Carnival as a celebration of life. It was it like clicked something. It was like, you know, thinking about how precious every day is. And sometimes when we're going through life, we forget that. We forget to honor each day and, you know, feeling blessed for each day that we get. And I really want to thank um, Pilar and Frank Leto for talking with us at Generation Justice and sharing the rich history of your lives as well as Carnival. And also a shout out to our own Maya Quinones for this great, amazing interview. Thank you, Maya. Now here's a song by Frank and Pilar titled Cabio Sil. <laughs> Oh, my little bit. 
Por él. 